What is up, Arizona? I want to welcome you back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball. We discuss scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention and are often overlooked. But here, they're the stars. It is Wednesday, November 10th. Reyes is here with me as always, and we are on our second episode of the week. Before we get into anything, Reyes, I know you've been really into, into betting lately, right? How, how's that been going for you? How, how much better I should say this other than how's it been going for you? How much money have you lost since you started betting? <laughs> I, wow. Don't that's lie a, either because I know you have betting like crazy. That's how we're starting off. Yeah. So, you know, I obviously, as everybody does know, we have, uh, we're allowed to gamble and bet. I haven't lost a lot of my own money because when you sign up with, like, say, you, I like I did, I did DraftKings, they give you like a, like a hundred dollar, like a bunch of $25 free bets. So every time I place a bet, I've been putting a lot on the point spread or I did a lot of parlays recently. And, you know, I've gotten lucky a couple of times, but then, like, you know, you get addicted. And so you try to bet a little bit more and try to hit more. And so let's just say that out of that $25 free dollar bets and stuff like that, I'm probably down to like $10 now. How much money have you made? The most I've made so far is like $190. $190? $190 on a $5 bet. That's pretty – on a $5 bet? $5 bet. That's pretty good. I'm sorry for all the times that I have steered you wrong. I always feel like I know what's going to happen, and I just, I just whiff on it, man. I feel like there's like three times that I've led you astray now. You have, and that, but that's okay. You know, we live and we learn and we just move on and hopefully I become a millionaire by the end of this year. Since we're <laughs> focusing on the 3A today, Reyes, if you could bet, I'm going to put you on the hot seat just right off the jump. If you could bet on one team to win it all this year in the 3A, who would you pick? Bet all my life savings. All, all, your, all your life savings. All my, all my assets. That's, oh, that's so tough because – Obviously, we'll probably talk a little bit more into it. I mean, the three-day conference this year is just loaded. It's loaded. It's a loaded team. You know, you got teams like ALA, Valley, Gilbert, Push Ridge. You know, there's teams up north. We don't know about any of the north teams. You know, they might be a sleeper. But uh, I don't know. Every time I feel like if I were to bet Valley, they always get upset. They so do, it, huh? The last two they, years, it's been in the quarters. So yeah, they always get upset. So it's kind of hard to say them. I mean, maybe Gilbert's a safer bet. Maybe Gilbert Christian, or maybe even like an ALA Ironwood. So you, you'd bet everything on those teams. You gotta pick one though. You said you said either or. You gotta pick one. Who's your pick? I feel more confident in probably Gilbert Christian. Gilbert Christian to win it all in the three A this year. Yeah, I, if I had the choose, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Even though they did. Um, they lost something big, but I just think literally they lost something pretty big. They lost something big, but you know we'll, we'll actually we'll, you know we'll get into that and then maybe we'll I'll further explain my reasoning. I, I can't wait to hear, man. If if you guys missed our season tip off uh, on Monday, we talked about three headlines that you need to be following this season. Real fast, here are those headlines from Monday. Rancho will bounce back and win the title this year. Arizona Lutheran will break into the top tier of programs in the 2A this year to compete for the championship. 
and Mojave Accelerated will win it all in the 1A with their squad who has played together since fifth grade. If those headlines sound interesting to you, go check out our previous episode that we released on Monday. We talk about all of these teams and their seasons in detail. Today we got part two, and we're going to give you guys three more headlines that you got to be following moving into this season. But before we get into it, check this out. All right, Reyes, you know the drill. I'm throwing out the headline. You tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here's the first one. Gilbert Christian will be just fine without Albert Wilson. Yes. For those of you who who don't know, Albert Wilson was the stud center of Gilbert Christian last year. He was about 6'7 or 6'6. He's about like six seven, if I remember right. Might be six six, but we'll give him six seven. We'll give him the extra inch. Okay, so six seven. He was averaging in the playoffs or going into the playoffs right around twenty and ten, and he transferred out of Gilbert Christian and he moved. I think I know he moved out of state. I forget exactly which state he moved to, but he is no longer with Gilbert Christian at this point moving into the season. So so you think that Gilbert Christian will still be competitive. They'll still be just fine without Albert Wilson. You're, you're agreeing with that, right? Yes, I am. What What's your reasoning behind that? Why, why do you feel like they're going to be solid? Well, I mean, if you think about a couple months back when we were actually in a fall league and we were actually able to check out some games, we were actually able to see Gilbert Christian and the pieces that they do have, I can't remember the names off the top of their head. I'm pretty sure you do. But just from looking at their team, they're overall pretty sound team. This one thing about them, there's not really a standout guy that's like, oh, you need to really watch out for. You know, they're, it's a pretty balanced team. And I feel like with their chemistry, especially with this long season, they'll probably just get better and just, you know, they'll probably obviously as the season heads into it, find that who's going to be that guy. So I just feel like maybe with all their pieces, they can actually make a pretty decent run. Yeah, so I actually I agree with you. I do think Gilbert Christian will be just fine without Albert Wilson. It's a huge loss. Having a kid like Albert Wilson is rare for for any team, even just for the numbers he was putting up, but also just his presence. I mean, their whole offense kind of ran through Albert Wilson. Looking back at Gilbert Christian, the last time, and I was kind of on max preps doing some digging, the last time they have had the star power of an Albert Wilson was 2014-2015 run when they had Cameron Satterwhite and and Lightfoot's older brother, actually. I think his name was Mitch. Those kids are crazy. I wasn't even in Arizona at the time. I was coaching over in Tennessee. But I looked them up on YouTube. Holy cow, these kids were legit. Did you get to see them play, like, in person? No, I was never able to grant the opportunity to see them play in person. But, you know, you always see little clips on YouTube or just on some other social media outlet. And, like I said, those two have some pretty – Pretty good firepower. I think Lightfoot went on the way to go play at Kansas, if I'm correct. You played at Kansas? Are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Like, KU, the Jayhawks. That's wild. Yeah, Blue Blood. So, I mean, that's that's legit, you know. To have that star power, I mean, ah, that's tough. Looking back, though, 2014-2015 run, I mean, they had a lot of really good star power type players that, that were just legit. When you were preparing for them, you had to prepare for those types of kids. And that's really the last time that they had some legit star power. Uh, in 2019, 2020, they did have Trey Donaldson who put up like 16 points a game, but he wasn't near the rebounder or the presence of Wilson. In all of that, most of their seasons are pretty well balanced with scoring and roles. So, so what, I, what I'm saying with all this is even though Gilbert Christian hasn't had a standout star power kid that you got to like 100% prepare for and stop, 
what they do really well is they have great coaching and they have great balance on their team, which, I mean, we know is sometimes as a coach, that's harder to prepare for than if they just have one kid who's really legit or two kids that are really good. Uh, Gilbert Christian, they do a great job coaching. They do a great job figuring out how to compete and they install their system of play better than anybody. Honestly, the Gilbert Christian is going to be just fine without Wilson. They're going to adjust two kids that are really going to be keys for them. They're going to be led by Keon Talgo and Max Lightfoot, the younger brother of Mitch Lightfoot. I'm pretty sure it's Mitch, but it's it's his younger brother that went over to get, go play at Kansas. They, these kids will really need to step up together. I think they averaged around 12 points a game last year. So they're both going to have to really step it up. Lightfoot is going to be a junior this year. Talgo will be a sophomore. So Talgo is a really good guard who can shoot the ball. He's really confident. He's got a nice stroke. Lightfoot is really versatile. I mean, he's long. He's tall. What? He's like 6'4", I think he is. But but he can move. He's really athletic. He's a really good matchup nightmare for a lot of a lot of teams. Uh, we saw them in a fall league and just a really, really good, unique player, especially on the perimeter, because he is so like long and big. He can really uh, cause some problems there on the perimeter. Now, these will be who they're led by, but they have a lot of other pieces that are really, really good. And it helps their team uh, be really cohesive. Looking at their schedule coming up, they actually have a really, really they have a tough schedule. They're in the 3A Metro. And I posted something about this on Twitter, I don't know, like a couple months ago. And I talked about the 3A Metro and just the dogfight that it's going to be. They have Valley Christian. They have ALA Gilbert North. They have Eastmark. I think Benjamin Franklin. Yep. And then I think I'm missing one more. Arizona um, College Prep. That's what it is. So an absolute dogfight in that region. God, it's going to be interesting who comes up on top for that one. Did you say ALA Gilbert North too? Yes, correct. Yeah, so they, they're going to have a crazy region. It's going to be a dogfight every single night, and we'll get into a little bit about Valley Christian uh, towards the end of this episode. But they open up their play, Gilbert Christian does, on December 2nd against ALA Ironwood. Look about a, uh, an intense first game of the season. That's going to be really tough. They have a couple other games of note for them. December 9th, they play at Scottsdale Christian. That's a tough game, man, especially on the road. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how they compete at Scottsdale Christian, an away game with the fan, with Garrison Sherman, with all those people. It's going to be really tough for them. But it's going to be a great game, uh, building building a lot of confidence, hopefully moving into the season. And then they start moving into region play. And it's just like you said, it's a dogfight. They do have a game on January 15th against Thatcher, which Thatcher is just tough, hard-nosed. January 29th, they play against Northwest Christian. Mm. Northwest Christian is always going to be super physical, super tough. That's going to be a tough game for them. And then, seriously, if they just played their region and that's all they played, that would be preparation enough for them going into the playoffs. But you add in some of those tough non-conference like freedom games, it, it makes it a lot more difficult. And I think they have a chance to go all the way. You know what I mean? They really do, just like we talked about the balanced team, the you know the role players, what they got. Um, realistically, you know, I could definitely see them in the uh, final four for sure. I could see them making another trip back to the final four as well. Uh, I really could. Yeah, we've talked about this as coaches with our own squad, and you guys know this as coaches, players. For you guys who are listening, man, so much of these games, it's going to be a dogfight. It comes down to like one possession. 
right? It comes down to a missed box out or a missed free throw or a pair of missed free throws. And that's really where it's going to be. Historically, Gilbert Christian, they've been really balanced and really disciplined, and they've been able to make those plays down the stretch to really come out with wins, which is, which is pretty cool for them moving forward. Yeah, and they've actually been known to upset some teams that we we're about to talk about. So, you know, keep that in mind, too, as well. They have. They have. Okay, here's our second headline uh, for this episode. This one's pretty interesting, and we actually got to get some uh, some communication from some coaches. A big question mark is the 3A North. What is it going to be like? Right Here's the headline. Reyes, you tell me if you agree or disagree. The 3A North will have a down year this year due to COVID. Yes, I do agree with that. Okay, you were able to actually have some contact with some with some coaches and stuff, or at least with one coach from Chin Lee, right? Yes, you know, shout out to Coach Mendoza from Chin Lee High School. You know, he's the head basketball coach. The legend. Um, the legend, you know, he was, I think he was on that uh, Netflix documentary. I forgot, what, I think it was like All or Nothing. I forgot what Basketball it was or Nothing, I think. Basketball or Nothing, my bad, yes. You know, I just kind of asked him about, because I was just curious. I want to insight from all the other um, res schools out there in the 3A North. Um, like I said, I got a couple feedbacks back, but, you know, Coach Mendoza, I think he said it perfectly, you know, so shout out to him, but I just asked him, like, what's the current state, you know, and I mean, pretty much the same thing, so you got to think, they had no season last year due to the pandemic, due to COVID, so no season, um, it's just tough, I mean, it was just hard, you know, they couldn't get in the open gyms, like, they, they were just barely able to get the open gyms at the end of month of July. So think about that. At the end of July, they were finally able to have open gyms of this year. But other than that, they weren't able to do anything like just nothing uh, school related. I mean, some kids played club, he said. But other than that, like they didn't really have a lot to work with. I mean, so that's I just keep thinking about like everything that we were able to accomplish in the summer and how much better our kids got. And to just like mentally know like our kids aren't even playing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just crazy. No, it's crazy, definitely. But as a whole, I do I do think the three A North is gonna be pretty weakened. But there are some teams to be on the lookout for for sure. And that's probably one of our little sub headlines that we're gonna talk about, which is out to say I do think they're a team to keep an eye on for sure in the North. Now, the even Falcons. The Falcons. Now, even though it's only been two seasons ago since the last time we've seen them play, they did finish twenty nine and six. Um, they actually lost to you know Rancho Solano Prep in a controversial. Called. very controversial very controversial and i was honestly i was at that game i was able to watch the game and i was leaning more towards i'll just say in favor of winning that game i was too i think rancho got was able to get a buy with that and you know get away with that like i said rancho came on top 38 36 and ended up winning the state championships that year like i said i think i'll just say the team to look out for i do think as well chin lee they finished 20 and 12 last uh two seasons ago in the 3a they have a very uh, talented group of kids, you know. Um, they have Kylan Yazi, he's a senior. Trevor Benelli, he's a senior. Javis Woody, he's a senior. And then you have two juniors in Tegan Hallwood and Delaney Bahi. But, I mean, while they have all this depth, it's kind of important to note that what Coach Mendoza, Mendoza said, which is really important, is a lot of these kids that meant they haven't been playing two seasons ago, so the kids that are seniors now for the 3A North, they were sophomores. So they were or a freshman, you know, if they're juniors, they were all underclassmen, probably playing JV or even on their freshman team. So they had they lost a year of varsity experience and now they're just kind of thrown into the fire. So, I mean, due to that lack of experience, I feel like that's just gonna be a tough road for them to build on. 
But like I said, you know, we've doubted I'll just say before, and you know, they've always rose to the occasion and came out on top of the region and make it to a deep run, always to the state championship. And they actually lost to Gilbert Christian one year in the state championship. So just with that being said, you know, you lose, I mean, you lose a year of varsity experience. I mean, that's huge for these uh, incoming and upcoming uh, juniors and seniors. And I, I really feel like experience is, I mean, obviously there's rust, you know, and, and kids will get better as the year goes on, but experience is something that you just can't, you can't like create it. You know what I mean? You just, you have to go through it. And I think that's one of the biggest things that is going to hurt them. And, you know, we, we had talked about this a couple times thinking about these res teams that were not playing last year. Remember, we would be on the bus and be like, I'm sure they're all just holding a bunch of tournaments and playing against each other. Like, there's no way they're not playing. Yes. And in talking to some coaches at your tournaments and at other tournaments that were from Tuba City, they literally were not playing at all. Like, they weren't allowed to. And, you know, just having a whole year where you're not in those tight game situations, where you're not having to make free throws down the stretch, where you're not having to take care of the basketball you know, when a team's trying to turn you over, like you haven't had that, that probably the best that they've had is, is just shooting in the driveway. If that, if that, you so, know, I mean, that- it's just, it's crazy to think about how different the three A North can be because I'll just say moving up from the two A going into the three A, I mean, their addition is awesome. And, and I pick my pick is I'll just say coming out on top of this as the year goes on, but you know, it's just going to be a down year, I think, because of COVID. No knock on them, but we saw a lot of res teams playing over the summer. And it was just, it was a little bit of a different vibe. You could see there was a lot of differences there that you, you usually see res teams be really, really sharp. You usually see them really highly skilled. And you just saw a lot of rust and a lack of experience. A lot of young kids, too. I was about to say, you, you can definitely tell, especially over the summer, those kids that, those teams that we were able to see, you know, especially in the 3A North and some of them in the East, you could just see the lack of experience and it hurt them definitely. They weren't used to that varsity pressure. They weren't used to the full court defense. They weren't, they just weren't used to a lot of things. You know, they're young, their bodies are technically still, I mean, they're still maturing. I mean, a whole, like I said, a whole year where no work was produced, like that's just tough. But like I said, you know, the 3A North is going to be down. I think Alshay does come up on top. Chin Lee has a fighting chance for sure, but Alshay actually has some notable games to keep an eye on for. I think they open up with Thatcher, and then they do play Snowflake later in the year. So I think those are two games for sure that will help Alshay boost um, their ranking as they try to make a 3A run this year. They also go to Round Valley. Yeah, they actually go to Round Valley, and I believe they're going to a tournament out east. Um, I think at Higley High School. They go to Higley, yeah. Yeah, and Higley, you know, for those of you who don't know, Higley is a big school. I think it's a 5A this year or a 6A. Anyways, big school. So I think Alshay is going out there to get battle tested to see if their guys are ready to reach that high level and just kind of see where they're at, you know, because like I said, this year the 3A conference is just loaded. It's a who's who's conference. It is a no, like it's a toss up, you know what I mean? It's the heads or tails. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the 3A North. And one of the funnest things about Res Ball and the 3A North is when these res teams play against each other, their level of play increases, right? Like how I don't understand, like you'll see a res team play against another team and yeah, they're playing really well, but then you see them play against each other and it just ramps everything up like crazy. And it makes it just that much more of a competitive game. 
Yeah, big shots after big shots. I mean, we've actually were able to go to a couple of tournaments, like I said, in Round Valley or just other tournaments out there. And we saw two res teams just match up. And it's just big shot after big shot. The crowd gets so invested. I mean, those are probably some of the best crowds in the 3A or in small ball. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Like, these res teams, like, the way that basketball is to them, it's literally a livelihood. Like, some people say they eat, sleep, and, like, you know, play basketball. But, no, like, the res ball – like, their gyms are arenas. They're so cool. They're, it's so cool. It's such a great environment. If you guys have ever been able to be blessed and play in one of those arenas or against a team at home, it's just a different experience. It's great for your kids, especially if they're trying to get used to that noise. It's, it's definitely a playoff experience type vibe with the loudness and the environment, especially in those 3A gyms. Ooh, here's a question. Of the 3A North, who would you say has the nicest stadium? So you've Probably got, window I mean, rock. You got I'll say Chinley, uh, Monument Valley, Page, Super City, Window Rock. You say Window Rock? I've never seen Window Rock. So I've actually been granted. I've been to Monument Valley. I've been to Alchesays. I've actually been to Ganados. I've been to Window. I actually haven't been to Window Rocks, but I've seen it. My brother's been to it. Um, what else is there? It's Where nicer than Chinley's. Chinley's is very nice, but Window Rock got theirs. Uh, window Rocks is newer, I believe, than Chinley's. And they actually hosted ASU and Baylor women's team there. No way. So, I mean, yeah, dude, it's a really nice arena. They got a big old jumbotron. Um, I forgot how many people can see. I know Ganados can fit like 5,000. I know I'll just say I've seen it on a packed house night. It wasn't fun, but it was great to be in that environment. Um, <laughs> you, you should, you should tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, we don't need to go into that. A little. <laughs> Maybe another time for another story. But um, Was that your senior like, year? That was my junior. 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 That was my junior year, and gotcha. we got dunked on, and the crowd was just crazy. They have like seats behind the backboard, and it's just cool. Um, I'd have to say that Window Rock probably has the best arena, and then Chinley under, and then you can just make the list from there. I mean, Pages is pretty nice. Page is pretty nice. You know, we were actually able to see a couple of games there and stuff. It's pretty nice, but if you saw Window Rocks, you'd understand why I'd say this is totally different. It's just a different, yeah, totally That's different. Cool. No matter how it shakes out, the 3A North and kind of how who comes up to the top, who, who ends up at the bottom, it's going to be worth following, especially with the significance after COVID. So we'll kind of see how everything goes. We'll see how strict even a lot of their stipulations are with the vaccine or getting tested weekly or whatever. That'll be an interesting storyline to follow, something that we'll definitely revisit midway through the year at least because there's just a lot going on there. Okay, so coming on to our last headline for this episode. Okay, this one's fun, man, because there's not a lot of times that we talk about stuff on the podcast that, you know, if you guys can remember back to when we first launched, we just came in guns blazing in the playoffs and we just started making predictions, right? Uh, Who was going to advance? Who was going to win between these different matchups? And we were right probably like, what, 50% of the time? I think we, I want to say we were a little bit higher. I think we were like 60%, you know. Maybe I remember like that, that. First, I remember that first round, though. It wasn't a good pick for us. I think that first round, we kind of we kind of bombed pretty bad. But then the other later rounds, you know, we were pretty accurate. Right, yeah. So it, what I'm trying to say is it, it's kind of nice when you make a prediction and it's right. Uh, our next headline is this. We were right about Valley Christian. Okay. Oh, we were, yes, yes. Yeah, and I know you agree with that. If if you can think Gosh. back where we did the top twenty or the top ten, like the way too early preseason top ten for 
the 3A, we talked about Valley Christian and we put them at number one. And we had some people write in and kind of talk about, hey, they lost 11 seniors. They only have one kid returning. Are you it sure they matter. should be number one? And we literally, what did we say on the show? We literally said, who knows who Valley Christian is going to get, right? I think you even literally talked about a transfer. Who Y'all was like, you never know. And, you know, this is a, for a whole nother segment. We can go hours probably into this topic, but we're going to keep it clean. We're going to keep it short. I said, keep it clean. you never know. <laughs> You never know who Valley Christian is going to get. You know, you don't know what transfer is just going to pop on over to that school. And lo and behold, we were right. I still remember on Twitter, I saw it and I was like, wait, what? All I saw was this, this article on Twitter. I don't even remember where I saw it. Maybe you sent it to me, but it just said uh, Valley Christian gets a trio of transfers from the top 50 or top 100 or something and i was like are you kidding me and i kind of expected it but it still caught me off guard i was like what in the world i know and you know the kids that we're going to talk about and the the additions they got man i mean it's tough and that's why we said what we said about valley christian being like you know overall number one in the conference that doesn't mean that they're going to take it but just finishing number one overall so so this headline we were right about valley christian what we mean by that is we named them the number one team in the preseason top 10 going into this season. Part of the reason why is because their JV squad, their freshman squad was legit last year. It's a really, really good group that's coming up. So that was one of the reasons why. But we also just kind of assumed that they were going to get some transfers. And lo and behold, here they are. There's three kids that we want to talk to you about. Really, we're going to talk about, like, we're going to focus on one. And we'll kind of just let you know about the other two. You got Jalen Lee, who is from Canada. You have got Caleb Shaw, and then his brother is Luke Shaw. Uh, They both transferred over from out of state. I forget exactly which state they transferred over from. But you got these three kids that are pretty different, honestly. Uh, If you, I was able to watch some film on Jalen Lee. Jalen Lee is a bigger forward type player. He's like what six four six five something like that he's six five he's kind of right around in that in that area and and he's long he's big he's athletic he can finish he is more of like a slasher type like type big uh he's not someone like albert wilson like back to the basket gonna back you down and just get a really good move or whatever but he's gonna be a big piece of what they do he's gonna be an effective rebounder a good finisher he's gonna be a good piece on defense He's just going to be a good player. The younger brother of the trio that's coming over, you got Caleb Shaw and then you have Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is a six-foot sophomore coming over, and he's actually going to be someone who is they, – they really – these two brothers are the ones that are, are kind of the biggest names coming over. We'll talk about why in a second, but Luke and Caleb both sat out last season due to COVID. So they just spent a lot of time just doing drills, Uh, getting better their dad is the assistant coach at gcu so there was pretty common for them to go over and do a bunch of dribbling drills in the gym use some shooting drills whatever they could do to just get better Uh, luke shaw is really going to work to being a point guard really going to work on his dribbling skills and all that so he's going to be an effective piece coming over the one we got to talk about though is is caleb Uh, caleb shaw is a six four senior transferring over and he is drawing a lot of interest from colleges at all levels 
as he comes over to Valley Christian. Uh, do you remember, I, I think I sent it to you and coach, the, the, the clips of him playing, some of the highlights that we found of him? The kid's a stud. The kid's tough, man. He has a pretty shot. You know, he's able to make the difficult shots. He uh, can score from all three levels. Uh, he's big. He's um, crafty, you know, cerebral guard for sure. He's definitely going to make an impact at whatever school he goes to. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to mention it. But, I mean, it's important to note, like, the kid's family line, he is just lucky, blessed to have. Like I said, his dad's an assistant at GCU. His mom was inducted to the Hall of Fame in Indiana basketball. That's a pretty big deal. And her brothers, Kaya, the Shaw's mom's, her brothers are, you know, had the head, uh, the head coach for GCU and head coach for Baylor University. So, I mean, when you got those type of resources, I mean, it's just awesome to have. His family is really, really in the basketball scene. Whether you look at uh, the GCU assistant coach or you look at Baylor, uh, I just saw this tweet and I sent it to, to another coach, but this is a tweet about Caleb Shaw. It says, 2022 player Caleb Shaw tells me that Grand Canyon, Baylor, Harvard, Yale, Northern Colorado, UC Santa Barbara, UC San Diego, Ohio State, and Air Force are all showing interest. So this kid is drawing a lot of interest, and he's good, man. I think one of the biggest, even our coach, one of his best friends was just coming down to recruit him a few months ago uh, from a D2 school. And, I mean, they're a legit program. And one of the things that he said about him is his shot fundamentals are just perfect. He's got really good handles. He doesn't blow you away athletically if you watch him, but he's sneaky athletic really really good with the basketball some of his combo moves are really effective and he can get to wherever he wants to on the court his shot is quick and it's really really accurate so it's going to be really fun to watch them compete this trio again they're all very different uh caleb shaw definitely seems more ball dominant whereas luke will be kind of growing into that point guard role and then jalen lee and and really when i say that about luke i don't know much about him because you, you it's hard to find some film on this kid Jalen Lee is going to be more the slasher, uh, the big in the middle, getting rebounds and just finishing and being a part of stuff. He's going to be really effective as well. So these three kids coming up to Valley, along with that freshman squad coming up and that that JV squad coming up, they're going to be really, really uh, competitive. Uh, head coach from Valley Christian, Greg Hagsma, he said that he sees Caleb as a player who can take clutch shots during crunch time and really, really get things done on the offensive end. So it's going to be really exciting to watch them play, especially when you look at their schedule. I know. I mean, their schedule is such a – it's so tough. I mean, we were able to talk about – we'll go a little bit of back and forth before the pod. Um, but just to name a few teams, I mean, the absolute dogfight. Like, hear this. They have Fountain Hills to open up with, and then they go to Snowflake. They go to Horizon Honors, Florence. And then they see Pushridge, Northwest Christian, Scottsdale Christian, Benjamin, Ailey, Gilbert North. And then from there on out, it's just a region fight. You know what I mean? So Valley has a very tough schedule. But I say with these added three, I mean, it's nice to have. And I think that when their chemistry meets, it'll be a very tough uh, task to handle. And I think that'll be the biggest thing. How long will it take for them to really get some good chemistry going? They've been playing in the summer. I know that they went and played at Section 7. I know that they're playing, you know, in the last couple months they were playing together. So, I mean, they're going to have some experience together, at least as much as they can. It's just the question is how long will it take for them to actually get to the point where they're really cohesive and together? I'm going to make a prediction about 
their first game against Fountain Hills. Uh, their score is going to be like 30 to 28 or something. 30 to 28, Valley Christian. You think? No. Okay, you are way off. Um, <laughs> Just because Fountain Hills is so patient, man. They're crazy. I, I think, But not 30. Stop it. I would have to say like a 47. I know. That was a dumb prediction. Like a 47-42 game. Fountain Hills win. I mean, you know what would be what would blow me away is I'll if we it. saw Valley Christian against Fountain Hills and Valley Christian like blew them out by about 30. I mean, Fountain Hills, even though they are going to be young coming up, they play really tough defense. They're very aggressive. They're super well coached. One of the best well coached teams that you will see in Arizona small ball. And they're just they, they know what they're doing and they know their identity. I could see them competing with anybody. I mean, they just would. Well, on the piggyback of what you just said, you know, we got to mention, too, Fallon has had a pretty good development team as well. So the True. kids that are coming up from that development team are ready to go, I feel like. Great coach. So I think they'll be battle-ready when they get to see uh, Valley Christian. It should be a good one. Hot take, Fallon Hills beats Valley Christian. Ooh, first game. I love it. I love it. Okay, are you? do you have a Valley Christian schedule pulled up? Yes, I do. Okay, looking at their schedule, what do you think? Who's their toughest game of the year that's outside their region? Uh, Scottsdale Christian by by far, or even Pushridge. But I would have to give it to Scottsdale Christian. That would probably be their toughest matchup. That's true because that is at Scottsdale Christian. Once again, we just talked about Gilbert Christian, but that's at Scottsdale Christian. That'll be a tough one. I think that would be a tough one. Like we said, uh, you know, Pushridge, that would be a very tough mm-hmm. one. They kind of seem early in the season, you know, I think around like December 18th, December 17th, if I remember right. Northwest Christian, you know, Northwest Christian, like I said, they're big. They're ready to go. Ooh, uh, that's in their region. I'm about to say LA Gilbert North should be a pretty tough test for them. Like it said, will we, be. LA Gilbert North, you know, we were actually able to see them like a couple months back. Uh, they have some kids, you know what I'm saying? They could play. They're really well coached. You know, they're pretty patient and they have an offense that works for them. Mm, I like just- Pushridge a lot. Pushridge, if you don't know about Pushridge, you will by the end of the season. Pushridge is uh, and we're getting away from talking about valley for a second but that's okay uh, Pushridge is led by a bunch of just young and upcoming kids that are some of the best guards in arizona small ball that maybe you haven't heard about the majority of their players coming up are going to be juniors and sophomores that are very competitive they're going to be a squad that everybody that is on their schedule, they're going to have to be ready for them because they're just, they're legit. They're a great squad. Coach Miko does a great job with them. They got a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. Anybody who plays against pushers is going to have their hands full. You know who I just thought of, Coach, that we should have brought up into this podcast? I'm going to show him love right now, Sabino. Sabino. We forgot all about Sabino in this mix. We, are, we, uh, we should have probably did some digging on them, but like I said, we were actually able to see them a couple months back in some fall league games, and – that day, Sabino has some dogs with them. They really they, do. They, they're center. They're center. I have six, no seven. idea who their center is, but he is a grown man. He's intimidating. I, as a coach, I was a little intimidated by him. He's like, what, 6'5", maybe? No, he, no, he's taller than 6'5". He's like taller than she. He's probably like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, you but think? Thick. Yeah, I said like 6'7", yeah, about 230. Intimidating. Easy. But he's able to bully. If he has a mismatch, he will utilize that mismatch and make you look like a baby. Uh, the, the the best thing about it is these kids are like dogs. You know, they're tough. They play hard. Every single possession, they're aggressive. And court. then 
you know, they're, they're, yeah, full court pressure in your face. They're all up in your grill. I mean, you will not have a second to breathe playing against Sabino. And the, the best part about it, especially like with this center who's huge, you know, he's all like big and intimidating. Their coach pulls him over and just starts ripping into him, man, giving it to him. We saw this in the fall league over at uh, ALA Ironwood. But he's ripping into him, and this big kid is just like, okay, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he goes back. I'm like, dang, that coach, man, he's intense. He's intense. But I think that's um, just to show some love for some of the teams, like you said, like you, you did with Pushridge, you know, they're very well coached. Like I said, they have the swagger. They have the guard set. So I think it's just nice to say, you know, Sabine, I, always, I, always, we don't, I know we always forget about them, but that's a team for sure that don't sleep on them and don't be surprised. They can possibly make a run too as well. Like I said, they got some dogs. Well coached, just high intensity. Just, it's just they're a fun. They're a fun team to watch for sure. They are, and then we're definitely going to follow some of their games this year just to keep up with them. They're going to be one of those top teams up at the end of the season, and along with that, Valley Christian leading and, and kind of going back to our headline that we we're talking about. You know, they got these three transfers that are legit. Okay, like they're good. The question is. You mentioned it at the, at the very beginning when we were talking about Gilbert Christian. Valley Christian usually has some really big firepower. The last two years, they have been upset in the quarters by their rival, Gilbert Christian. Yeah, Will Valley you... Christian, is this the year that they'll be able to kind of push past that and make a run at the state title? You know, Coach, it's pretty hard to say because even before those two years, even though they were upset by Gilbert Christian, you can go back even a couple more years, and I think they were upset by, like, Snowflake or Thatcher. Like, Valley Christian tends to have a history of being upset. And that's just not a knock on it. It's not that they're a good team. But for whatever reason, when push comes to shove, when they're right there at the door, right by the knock into that Final Four, Elite Eight, or even just the state championship run, someone locks the door and gets in front of them and pushes them out of the way. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, you know, but I do think that, you know, this is just a hot take. My thoughts might change, but I don't think that – I think they do get upset. I don't know when exactly, but I do see an upset brewing for sure. And, I mean, the, another thing to think about, has Valley Christian had the same type of college attention surrounded around a transfer kid as they have with Caleb Shaw? Have they had that before? I don't know the answer to that. And I don't even know if, you know, we, we haven't even seen Caleb Shaw play in about a year, you know? So, so it'll be interesting to see him once that buzzer sounds and that tip off goes and, and the season's underway, it'll be really fun to watch him compete and uh, see, see how Valley ends up shaking out. No, I agree with you totally coach. It's basically going to be a fun, these three teams for sure are going to be really fun to watch as we progress in the season. These are some big headlines that you guys need to be following this year. We're going to get out of here, but be on the lookout for our next episode on Monday as we sit down with Coach Scott Neal from Mojave Accelerated and talk about his championship squad. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, and be sure to like and follow the show on Apple. Drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts. If, if you want to show some love, if you – are tuning in every time you're a fan of what we do you're a fan of arizona small ball you just want to support the small school basketball just show us some love write us a review that kind of stuff helps us so much we'll catch you guys next time